Cool, cool, cool. Are we ready? Yeah, Anna, we're on a time crunch here, girl. Let's go. Amazing. Oh, let me start my uh, stopwatch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, Stacey, start your stopwatch. Ready? Three, two, one. Welcome back, everyone, to Escaping Reality, the podcast where four friends Nick, Aggie, Stacy, and Anna, we sit, we watch, we discuss reality competition shows as just like a quick break from the real world because it is terrifying out there. If you're for some reason not vaxxed, get vaxxed, get boosted, wear your masks, stay safe, everybody, especially going into the holidays because we care about you. This week, we watched the finale of Survivor season 41. It was so fun to watch. I'm so happy and excited to talk about it. I'm so sad that the season has now come to an end. Very reminiscent of why we started this podcast, which was like, it'll pass so much time to watch Survivor. And wow, it has passed so quickly since the first episode to now. So I have so much to say. I'm sure everybody else on this podcast has so much to say. We're going to get into it very momentarily. If you're not already subscribed, please subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Escaping Reality Pod. DM us. We love chatting with you guys. We love to hear your take on the episodes because it's often very different from all of ours. And we love that. So I'm going to stop talking. Just kidding. I'm going to go first with one. <laughs> I lied to you. You get to hear my beautiful voice for even longer, but we're going to hit you with our one minute thoughts on the episode, the finale of season 41 of Survivor. I will go and then you can follow me up. Nick then Stacy, then Aggie. I was so happy with the way this season ended, like both the finale episode and the winner. Spoiler alert for this entire episode. I'll give you a brief moment. Erica wins. Deshaun and Xander are also in the final three, which was my pick for final three last week. So I was so pleased to see it end this way. It's so incredible to have a woman win the show again after so long. And like, especially for Erica being a woman of color after this historic season, like it just means so much for representation. And it really does feel like we are actually getting into a new era now. So I'm jazzed about how this, how the whole season went, but like, there are still things that I would critique and that we have critiqued. Like there's, there's a lot happening with the whole drop the four, keep the one that like in hindsight, now watching the whole season, I'm a little like, eh. Was it my favorite? No, but I will say that like as a podcast and as this being our first experience watching a whole season live together, not just the four of us, but also like with the friends that we've made in the Survivor community over the last year, like that has been such an incredible experience. So whatever your feelings are on the actual season, on the winner is second to me to the experience that we've had like watching as a community. So I'm so happy that we got to live through it together and uh I'm sad that we're going to have to take a little break from Survivor for a bit. But those are my initial thoughts. I had a hell of a time watching. And Nick, what did you think about the finale? I really agree with a lot of your thoughts, Anna. Anna and Stacy watched it live in real time. Me and Aggie had other things going on, but I watched it the next day while I was at work. Sorry to my boss, but you know what? This is more important. Um, and I was live texting like Stacey and Anna all my thoughts and just like talking with them about it and, like it just felt like we all like really had like the same experience watching it. like we all like really had some very positive feelings so I'm excited to discuss it more with y'all now but and the part that really resonated that I agreed with you is that I don't think this is my favorite season I even don't know how high this would be on my list of rankings like if it would even crack my top 15 but there was something special about watching this that made it feel 
really great and made it feel like an amazing season because it was the first one that we watched together as a pod live like episode by episode and like you're right like we got to experience it with our new podcast family like our new friends online and so there was something very special about this season and it will always hold a special place in my heart even if it wasn't necessarily my favorite season like I'm not even gonna lie like watching the trailer for season 42 in the after show I got hyped I was like oh my god guys like we get to do it again so this only like reinvigorated my love for Survivor and I think this is a great finale to wrap up this season okay these are my thoughts a woman winner fire making that was competitive no goats in the finale first Canadian winner more importantly first Filipino winner those are my initial thoughts I will say you know we've been asking ourselves are we having fun I will now say I had fun like I didn't trust you Jeff I didn't trust the process I'm having fun now I I mean walking away like I was excited I I was not like disappointed in the finale so I was very happy. Um, I'm excited to get into more of the details, but overall, I just feel like I have to remind myself, even with all these things we didn't love, like it's Survivor. This is what we've watched for now 41 seasons, and I'm going to love it no matter what, honestly. I mean, unless they had done something just drastically terrible, I should have known I'd be happy in the end. So those are my thoughts. All I've been asking for, for literally six seasons is a woman winner. And I honestly was afraid we wouldn't get one this season. And then Erica, you fucking killed it. It was so good. I think if I'm doing one minute thoughts on just the episode, I think the last 45 minutes before the after show are some just beautiful television. Hype as fuck. This final tribal has to be one of the best I've watched in a long time. I would put it very high. If I got to rank final tribals, it was compelling. It was interesting. I felt like the jury members were so insightful and asked questions that not only built upon each other, but were not catty. I loved that we got rid of the outwit out play out last fucking format. Like no one wanted that. Jeff didn't even need to be there was how well they handled that conversation as jury members. If I'm talking about this season, bravo to them choosing to share stories that they probably wouldn't have in the past. So glad we had a 50% people of color cast. The fact that we actually had a person of color winner and a woman winner at that after all of that is very impressive. I think we've chosen a new direction for storytelling and for sharing on this show that I think is the right direction. So I'm very excited for season 42. And I would venture to say that it would be kind of high in my rankings, but it's pre-merge score would be low. Post-merge would be high. I would carry it much higher in my rankings, but pre-merge, it would be like, I don't know about this. Never forget when we had to define our rubric in such a way for ranking our seasons, RIP. Okay, amazing initial thoughts. We have so much to get through. So I'm going to sort of take this episode as the host and kind of lead us through the chronological beats of what happened. Some things I feel like we can kind of breeze through. Other things I think we'll have a lot more opinions and feelings and thoughts on. So for starters, I'll run us through what's kind of happening at the beginning of the episode here, which I think we can kind of maybe breeze through, but stop me if you feel compelled. So we kick off the episode and we have a nice little like final five package. Final five, if for some reason you forgot, is Ricard, Heather, Xander, Deshaun, and Erica. And we had like a nice opening as they always do in the finale of like, this is this person's story. I'm sorry. One second. Heather's basically said, I didn't give up. 
Yeah, no. actually was interesting. <laughs> no offense to Heather, but like and everyone else's was like Ricard, winner, challenge beast, oh, Deshaun, yeah. social player, Erica coming up with those strategies, and Heather, she's here. It's the same thing as when on their social media, on their Instagram page, Survivor tried to put like the receipts instead of the resumes, which is stupid, but they were like, here's the receipts, who's gonna win? And Heather's was like, never gave up one point. But anyway, they're, they're nice packages, they're well edited um, and they always get me really hyped despite the fact that some of them are clearly more lackluster than others in their content. But after all of that, we get back to camp and it's the debrief from the previous night's tribal where Deshaun had dropped his truth bomb. He came after Erica's game and there's a lot of tension there and they're sort of talking through it. And Deshaun is like, hey, Erica, can we talk? And she's like, honestly, no, not right now, Um, which I respect. But I don't particularly have much to say about the rest of the discussion before we get to the next day. Deshaun and Erica go to tree mail and there is clues for the final advantage. Oh, by the way, they're at a new camp. I forgot to put that in there. New camp, minimal resources. It rains a lot. So they're like pretty miserable. For some reason, we didn't really see them being miserable all season. So to have it now, I think, was just them being like, it's a shorter game, but it's still hard. But regardless of that, they go to tree mail. Each person gets an envelope with a clue to find the final advantage. It is a word unscramble clue. You have to solve it before you can go look for the advantage. You can't just like wait for the first person to solve it and then go follow them. It's something to the effect of like your treasure is hidden where the trees dance. Erica is the last to solve the clue, but she ultimately finds the advantage, which is an advantage in the next challenge. Can we just talk about for two seconds how it was like in the advantage, it said a minimal advantage and then it was a significant advantage? Yes. Like vibe tech production, you liars. Agree wholeheartedly. We get to the challenge. It's one of those like obstacle course. You got to collect your pieces, build a ladder, climb your ladder, and then do a puzzle. Um, And yes, the advantage says it's minimal. It is not. It is that you already have four of each ladder section built. So Erica doesn't have to collect as many ropes. She doesn't have to link them. She doesn't have to go through like four of those weird iron bar rungs. So she has a massive lead um, and she ultimately does win the challenge, which would have been really disappointing and like (laughs) not great if she didn't. But yeah, they really undersold the advantage. Aggie, if you'd like to um, extrapolate on that. When Jeff said the challenge, he was like, I'll tell you what your advantage is in a minute. I was like, he's going to be like, uh, you have two rungs on the ladder at the bottom. Because it really said it would, it might be just enough. Like you made it sound like it wasn't going to be a full advantage like people have gotten in the past, but this is a full ass advantage. It was just weird to put slight. I feel like they never even say if it's big or small. It's just an advantage. <laughs> so like, why would you say that specifically when it's the opposite? <laughs> like why manage my expectations in such a weird way to then completely fuck it and be like, no, just kidding. It's a gigantic advantage. Maybe so that people would think they had a chance. And then I don't know. I, it was weird. Anyway, it's not super important. I just felt like it needed to be said. It definitely did. It definitely did. And I do think like they did a good enough job in editing the challenge to not make it look like she was going to win in an absolute landslide. Yeah. I mean, at least for the puzzle, Ricard seemed pretty close. I don't think anyone was close to her. I think she just had a massive time advantage on the puzzle and that then led to her winning. But we all know Ricard's really good at a puzzle. Like if Ricard had gotten that advantage, she would have been done before anyone even started the puzzle. Speaking of Ricard, 
He comes very close behind her and he does not get the immunity, which is going to lead us into discussion of the sort of pre-first tribal council. Um, and we're going to hold some space for Ricard neck. Um, but just special shout out to Xander doing his puzzle upright because what? <laughs> he was doing it and I was like, if this works, incredible. If it doesn't, literally what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it was a I don't know if anyone else feels strongly, Stacy. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't. I, what did you think like you're gonna have to put it down <laughs> and break it I think he was doing that because the puzzle pieces were vertical the way they were like he was pulling them out they were vertical but I was like why and Jeff was like Xander's doing his vertically and I was like Jesus Christ so the challenge happens Erica wins immunity thank goodness because I was rooting for her and then the discussion becomes who are we sending home at this tribal council Everybody knows that we have to send Ricard home. We've been saying that for episodes now, but they do a really interesting job of like still planting the seeds of doubt in the edit where up until we were at tribal council and we had that really like reverent speech from Ricard with the music swelling behind him, I still wasn't sure because they did a good job of like giving scenes of people saying how like annoyed they were with Deshaun. Xander and Ricard share a really special moment on the beach where like they have an emotional bonding moment and Xander considers that he could play his idol for Ricard. And at home you're watching being like, they're not that stupid, right? Like they have, they have to get him out. But even sitting on my couch, I was like, but what if they don't? Because it was just so expertly tied together in the episode. And then obviously, like after a certain point, you're like, oh yeah, okay, Ricard's definitely going home, which is the right choice, the smart choice for all of them in their own individual games. But we have a, we have a nice build up to Tribal Council and then an incredible Tribal Council. I'm like Ricard's not one of my favorites this season. I think I've been pretty transparent with that, but I can respect the game he played. And I think this build up to him going home was done incredibly well because I really wasn't sure for a minute there. Nick, I'm going to let you go first because I know you have feelings on the decision to vote at Ricard and his exit. I mean, we all know I have been a Ricard stan since literally week one. I love him. But as soon as he didn't win, I was like, okay, prepare yourself, Nick. Ricard, Ricard is going to go. And what I continue to admire about Ricard is he never rolls over and accepts the fact that he was going to go home. He was working Erica with all the things between her and Deshaun. He was working Xander, building up that bromance more. And he just never like sat there and was just like, I'm going to go home. It's fine. No, he was continuously working and always trying to fight for that chance. And I love and I admire that so much about him. And I was just very happy to see him continue the fight, even going into it. We also got like beautiful conversations from him, you know, being like, I left my pregnant husband back home to come out here to film this show because when I was casted, it was before the pandemic and then they put us on hold. And so me and my husband decided to have another baby. And then they called me to come on the show and I had to make the decision. Do I come out here and fulfill my lifelong dream or do I stay? And they had this conversation, like they went and he decided that he was going to go. And he's just like, I just wanted to make my family proud. And, you know, Xander was like, you definitely did. All of them were like, you definitely did. Even Jeff was like, we get this amazing moment of Jeff like acknowledging to the audience, like some of our best players will never win Survivor. 
And despite how you feel about him, Ricard is one of the best Survivor players the game has seen. Ricard will go down in like Survivor history as one of the greats. And that might just mean that he will never get a win because he's always going to be viewed as one of the best players. But I loved watching him play this season. His strategy was always there. He also like backed it up with his physical power. He was just a great person to watch. We had such great representation. Like not only was he queer, his husband is trans and like, plus he is disabled with his hearing. So like we just had great representation from Ricard and such a great player. And I was so happy to watch him for so long on this season. There's not much more to say about Ricard in that respect. I think he was going to win, right? Regardless of if you liked him or didn't, I loved him. I've also loved his like presence on the internet during the season, 10 out of 10. And I love that he so passionately, which we'll talk about in Final Tribal, advocates for Erica because he's like game respect game and like you did the damn thing. And I appreciate that about him. But I think he was going to win. And we all saw that, right? When he didn't win, we were all kind of like, this is his time, right? Not because the other castaways don't like him. And I loved his moment with Xander sharing that his husband was pregnant again. That was so sweet and so special. And I hope Xander and Ricard have like a friendship still. I think they do. And so I don't know. It was it was nice to get a little bit more of him before he left. But that also, when you started to get his backstory more, I was like, oh, he's going home. He's definitely going home. Like, But it was exciting to see Xander think about potentially playing his idol. One thing I'll say for Xander, which I know we're going to talk about him and I'll try and keep my thoughts really brief. He does try to think through every scenario and how it would reflect on him. And I think he weighed the pros and the cons. He was like, it would look like I made a move myself to um, use this idol, not just defensively, but offensively. And then I think he realized he was like, but if I do that, they're going to be like, you brought the person who could beat you. So yeah, you saved someone, but like you saved the wrong person, my guy. So I think that is where he ended up being like, nah, I'm just going to play it for myself and try and make it a bit like I had this the whole fucking time and no one voted me out. Yeah, I was sad to see Ricard go, of course. Yeah, he's just really good at all. It was interesting hearing him say like, I didn't think I'd be good at this because he was so good at all aspects of it, except for eating papaya after you win a reward. (laughs) I think that was his one, one misstep, but Hey, he even stayed after that. I did though. Like when he started talking about his baby, which like, no, I mean, had never been revealed to us until then or anyone, I think I was like, is Nick going to say this is a Jeremy Collins moment or is he going to let it slide because it's his favorite player. But remember now, Jeremy Collins had a whole season of talking about his unborn child. And then he got to talk about it in Final Tribal. So I I guess I was a little surprised because I was like, if you already pretty much know you're going home, I'd probably wait until, well, I mean, you might just say it because you're close to Xander, but you also could like wait till you get to the jury and tell those people. (laughs) Like you've already, I mean, you've just kept it for this long, but also it could be like he was close to the actual labor date and it was like on his mind more, you know. But yes, I did text Nick like, what do you think about and in my defense, this is my thing. And I am I followed it up with saying it could just be the fact that Ricard is my favorite player and it's going to be hard for me to see faults in that or I'm definitely going to always have bias towards him in that sense. And I, I own that, okay? I get it. I'm going to sound like a hypocrite. My thing with Jeremy is Ricard didn't use this as a reason to win Survivor. Jeremy used it as a reason why he should win Survivor. That's all I'm going to say on it. What I will say But again, I recognize that I have bias. I get it. That's just what I'm going to say. 
what I will say is to me, the timing of it came a little bit across as like, don't send me home. Here's my sad backstory. I think Stephen Fishback tweeted and was like, ooh, just one episode too early, my guy. Like 45 minutes in the episode too early, which I think he was referencing Jeremy Collins in like a oh, he cute said, fun way. He said you gave your Jeremy Collins speech too early. And I was like, T, but also it worked. So I'll hear no slander against Jeremy Collins at this time. Thank you so much. Um, Aggie, you brought up Xander and his idol play on himself rather than Ricard. I'm still torn on whether or not I think he should have played it at all versus just like bringing it up at Final Tribal as like, by the way, I had this idol in my pocket the whole time because I thought it was a little like bad form to play it for himself. I wish he had articulated it the way that you sort of explained it as like, by the way, I had this the whole time. I'm going to play it just so that like it wasn't in my pocket, blah, blah, blah. But I think he could have handled it a little bit better. But we'll get to his uh, social awareness, I think, when we talk about Final Tribal. I just want to say one thing. I think he wanted his moves to speak for themselves and he needed to be like just this much more of a showman. This was a moment where he should have played it up just a little bit more to like get the jury kind of be like, oh, he is aware of what he's doing, but he's also 20. So a child. No. Speaking of Xander, let's get into the next phase of the game where Xander takes the spotlight a little bit. The next important thing that happens is we go to final immunity, which is stacking blocks on like teetering platform thing. We've seen iterations of this challenge. You mean the boat? A boat. Ride from every fair you know the one that like goes back and forth they were on that (laughs) county fair boat ride they were on that you're absolutely right but you know we've seen similar immunity challenges like this before and xander wins he's very emotional about it he gives jeff a really weird hug and he cries which is like a nice moment for xander but also something about it felt like a little uncomfortable to me watching i don't know if anyone else got that vibe but like i don't know it felt a little bit weird wait I i loved it I like replayed it like four times when he asked Jeff, can I give you a hug? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Oh, okay, wait, Aggie, Aggie put in the chat, it's giving Voldemort and Draco and you're a hundred percent. That means nothing to me, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> Stacey, I forgot you haven't seen Harry Potter. Maybe we'll do a side by side because yeah, that's, that's what it was. And it, it, don't get me wrong. It was a nice moment that I appreciated Xander being so vulnerable. And I'm sure that's what you are referring to about what you liked about it, Stacey. But it, I don't know. Something was a little bit off. It was, it was the way they went in for it, not the actual sentiment of the hug. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. That, that's all it was. It had nothing to do with the sentiment. It had nothing to do with Xander needing a hug or being proud of himself in this moment or Jeff being excited for him. It was the way Jeff was like, how do I hug children again? I don't remember. Like, how, how do I do it? It's been such a long pandemic. <laughs> oh, see, I liked, I liked the vulnerability, but I also liked that he like asked for consent. He didn't just like, some people have attacked Jeff. Like he might not want to hug you. <laughs> I thought it was cute. <laughs> That's a good point. Very. Respectful. I did not think about the consent aspect, Stacey. I Maybe will... that was where the hesitation came in that I read as awkward and I shouldn't have. So Xander wins. Point A, it means that he has one final immunity and he is going to the final three. He will be in final tribal. Point B, he now needs to make the decision of who to bring with him to final three and thus who to send to the final four fire making challenge. And we get this 
absolutely hilarious few scenes of his decision making process, everybody trying to make fire. And long story short, they get back to camp and Erica is like essentially advertising the fact that like, oh, I can make fire because I had to live alone on exile. And that gets Xander thinking like, okay, I'll bring Erica because if she's good at fire, I don't want her to win fire and then have an extra boost in the final three. I'd rather just take her and not let her add that notch to her resume. And then you, we get these scenes of like Deshaun's working on fire, Heather's working on fire. And then Erica is like, click, 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 like the click, click, click on the flint, no spark, no fire. Xander's making fire and Erica just cannot do it. And then you get a cutaway to Xander being like, oh my God, did I make the wrong choice? And at this point he has already said to Erica, hey, I'm going to bring you. Comedy ensues, tension ensues ultimately he stands by his decision which like I think the way that he justifies it both to the camera and then later to the jury like totally makes sense it totally checks out of like I couldn't put Erica in and let her win but lucky for us it means that Deshaun and Heather are making fire against one another which ends up being the most compelling fire making we've ever had in my opinion. Maybe not as entertaining as season 13 um, disaster fire making, but like in terms of competition, it's compelling. So I very much enjoyed it. Obviously, I'm happy that Deshaun won and not Heather, but I was really pleased that like Heather put in a good fight because I it would have been too predictable if she had just sort of like not been able to make fire. So I appreciated it. Aggie, I saw you had your hand raised. Would you like to chime in? Are you going to go? Nick, would you like to? <laughs> I, I thought you had something you wanted oh. to say, so I'll well, let you I go was first. Saying, no like, okay, clearly Deshaun should have been in the top three over Heather. We know this. I was rooting for Heather because it would have been so funny. And like that she started to win and I was like, wait, this is incredible. Oh my God. I wanted Deshaun in the top three because he deserved it more than Heather did. But just like watching her do so well, I was like, wait, this is everything. I thought it would it would have been very interesting if she would have and honestly if she would have won and made it to the top three I'm wondering how the final tribal would have reacted to her like I wonder like what the jury would have said to her I don't know I like again I'm happy Deshaun was in the top three he deserved it way more but as I was watching I was like this is very interesting and I'm very compelled to see if Heather actually wins I actually wrote down in my notes that Heather won based on the edit. Like I was like, wait, Heather is winning. She's going to win. Like, cause sometimes I like to predict the ending before it actually happens. And so I was like, oh my God, Heather, you're going to the final three. What the hell? And then her fire died. And I was like, wait, what? It was very compelling television. I was on the edge of my seat the whole fucking time. I think I was texting Stacy and our friend Jesse at one point, but I also was texting Stacy and Anna. And I was just like, guys, this is compelling compelling television and the fact that it came down to within seconds I think was so exciting but I also think they did a really nice job of like the two of them were just kind of like in it and they for the most part weren't necessarily looking back and forth at each other's that often they truly were just like trying to get theirs done the jury I think was some of the best part they're like oh my god it's he's smothering it he's smothering it he's smothering Danny is like freaking out he's like Deshaun get your fucking shit together my guy like it was just so interesting and then Stacey they all broke their silence at the end they were like, wow, that fire making challenge was incredible. And I was like, Jeff, shush them. They're not supposed to be talking. Like every single one of them was like, wow. And I was like, okay, 
are we just like breaking the jury rule for no talking now? Cool, 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 cool. We can just throw all the rules out. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Because up until this point, they've been pretty good about not talking. It was like the floodgates that opened and everyone just got their say, but it was very compelling television. And Deshaun was very emotional and Heather was like surprisingly competitive and it was just, it was good. And I liked that we got the goat out. Um, yeah, I mean, I screamed. I felt like I was watching the national championship football game. Like I was so invested and I was like, Heather's about to win. Like I couldn't even comprehend it. The rope was on fire. I don't, I feel like it was rigged or something. (laughs) How did her flag not go up first? Like, I still don't even believe it. But yeah, I mean, the jury did start talking. Honestly, I think because like Jeff was like, whoa, this is incredible. It was just too much for them to contain themselves. Yeah, I do think it was the best one I can remember seeing. So good effort, Heather. Like, at least now people can't just completely dismiss Heather, you know? I did see a tweet that was like, yes, the fire making challenge is very interesting, but can we please end it? I never want to see it again. And I was like, I think that's still my feelings. Like, yes, that was very interesting, but I don't, I still don't love the fire making. See, I'm back on board with it. I was a little on the fence, but yeah, it depends how it goes. I feel like this was a really interesting one and I was happy with the outcome. So I'm happy with it existing, but I know in the past we've been like, this is such a cop out when it either wasn't good or didn't end the way that we wish it had. So I kind of go back and forth. Sorry, I have one last thought. It's not on fire making. It's on who he chose to take with him. I just wanted to circle back to, God, I sound like I'm at work. Um, I just wanted to circle back to him choosing Erica. There's so much doubt. And I don't know if it's because of just the nature of this season, but Xander was like, I'm going to take Erica because I don't want to give her the like feather in her cap of winning at fire. Totally fair. Then he's like, wait, she's actually shit at making fire. And then he goes, well, maybe she's faking being shit at fire to like throw me off when reality she'd fucking kill it. And I then really give her the win. And I'm like, yeah, the the amount of doubt there, I think really was hard to muddle through because at this point you've eaten absolutely nothing. You have no like grasp on your own sanity. And there's just like no way for him to know one way or the other. I would like Erica to make a formal statement on whether or not she can make fire just because I'm interested, but I, it would not change how I feel about her winning. I'm just interested. Like, were you fucking with him or can you actually not make fire? If her on Exile Island was any indication, she can't make fire. Well, she also said at the like after show thing, like I really, like it did take me two hours to make fire. Like you shouldn't have, you should have made me make fire. She said that. So oh, I maybe missed that at the after show. Yeah. I was very tired when I got to the after <laughs> show. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes more emphatic, sense. Like of the game as a whole of like, it doesn't matter if someone's lying to you or not because you're going to spin your wheels until you decide to come to a conclusion. Like, and no matter where it stops, like you could be wrong. You're just going to keep second guessing and like running through the double negative. Yeah, you just have to make a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just interesting to see the thought process and the amount of doubt that they all had in every step that they were taking in these last, probably like two or three tribals, not just this episode, like the amount of doubt that has been just infiltrating through this game and them trying to figure out, I don't even know what the right strategy is, so I just have to trust. I think the one person who did that really well was Erica, and that really served her well, is she just like, was like, this is what I'm going to do, and that's the decision I've already made, and I think that really served her well when there was chaos kind of everywhere else. So we have fire making, as we've discussed, Deshaun wins. He makes it to the final three. 
which then solidifies our final three in this season as Erica, Deshaun, and Xander. As I said last week in my initial thoughts, this was the exact final three that I wanted. I could not have been happier. And honestly, part of that is because these are three people who have played, in my opinion, very different games this season and who have had very different storyline journeys in this season. I have critiques from like an editing perspective on all three of them, but ultimately it, it's nice to see three people at the end who all have something that they can stand behind and who have all been given a story and very different ones. We can talk more about Erica's and my critiques of it when we talk about Erica as a winner, but for now we have three very different members of the final three. Um, and each person's final tribal performance is very different. I'll throw in my takeaway and then we can open it up for more discussion. But my realization sort of as we were watching was, and and she speaks to this as part of like why she was underestimated and ended up being so successful is I don't think I took into consideration how old everyone was. Obviously Xander is quite young, like he's only 20. I didn't realize that Deshaun was only 26, which I'm 26. And I consider that to be very young. And once I figured that out, it kind of illuminated a lot for me. On the flip side, I didn't realize Erica was so old. And I don't mean for this to sound ageist in the slightest, but I do think that added life experience and those those few years of an advantage do help you in terms of collecting your thoughts and being able to articulate in a certain way. And I think the biggest difference that I saw was like, Erica to me was the most composed and the most able to explain the intention behind every single thing that she did. She had clearly thought through what she was going to say. She anticipated what the jury was going to ask. Whereas the flip side, Xander gave very long-winded, well-spoken answers that did not answer any of the questions that he was asked. Like he did that college kid thing where like you're in a seminar and you want to like talk so that you don't get called on. So even if you don't know the answer, you're like, I'm going to raise my hand and I'm going to give a statement that probably has nothing to do with the question being asked, but it's going to be so distracting and eloquent that like maybe people will forget that I didn't just answer the question. Um, and I don't think the jury forgot that he wasn't answering the questions because like I was sitting with my dad and every time they would ask Xander something and he would open his mouth, my dad would be like, he's not answering the question. Like that is not what they asked him. And I think Deshaun fell somewhere in the middle of the two of them. But that was my main takeaway. Again, not to make it about age, but I, that was my interpretation of just like the way that they were all able to perform in Final Tribal. So I will open it up to you guys. So, and we can, we can open this up to also talking about the jury. I don't know how we want to space out the combo, but give me your thoughts. Final Tribal. Yes. I mean, I agree. I, and it's just so funny after looking at Erica's like CBS profile last week that she said, like, I can advocate for myself in a final tribal. I can manipulate. I can be like Todd. He's my favorite. Like she, I mean, she just was very like confident on what she could do. And then she did it. So um, I didn't realize she was 32. And I, I did halfway through realize Deshaun was like 25, 26, which I thought he was older. But anyway, so yeah, I just, I don't know, like going into it, I did think that Xander was going to like win people over. Like, I just felt like, I don't know. I mean, he was becoming like super, super likable just like in that episode. And I was like, oh, he's friends with Ricard. Like, I didn't know they were like bros. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just like had this feeling. And uh, Nasir like said all these great things about him. Like, I really thought um, this is between Xander and Erica. But yes, I think Erica had great answers, stayed very composed. I think Deshaun, like, I just, I don't, 
I feel like they had kind of decided already. It wasn't Deshaun's. I mean, the only question I remember is the one Shan asked, but even then I'm like, I mean, he has no hope now. <laughs> and he was even like, just give me third if that's how you feel. Cause that's like, that's beyond the game. So I don't really like, if that's how you feel about me, that's a whole other story. So anyway, I don't know. My thoughts are not all formed, but what I liked was that, yes, there were no goats. Like there wasn't anyone that you were just like, oh, they're not even talking to them. Like they like they, everyone here knows she's not winning. It's usually a she, unfortunately there wasn't that. So I did enjoy that. The jury, I don't know. I was a little confused because Ricard made it clear he was team Erica, which I guess at first I was like, oh, he's going to be team Xander. Like, I just was like, I don't know if I knew their relationships as well as I thought. Like, I had no idea which way they were leaning, I guess is what I will say. I would have never guessed Erica would get all but one vote. Like, I actually thought it was about to be, like, pretty close. And when Deshaun got a vote, I was like, oh, so all three of them are going to get, like, this is going to be close. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Erica, Erica, Erica. (laughs) I was like, whoa. So, yeah, it was, I mean, I think that's a good final tribal where, like, you don't really know what's going to happen, you know. So I liked it. I'm just going to throw in one thing, Aggie. Before, I'm sorry. I see that you're raring to go. But Stacey, you mentioned something that I was also thinking about, which is like, historically, there's usually one person who like shouldn't be there or get skipped over. And I had the slightest bit of fear when they first started because Abby kicks things off and just sort of makes a statement, not really asking a specific question yet. And then I think Danny might be the first one to like directly ask each person something. And he asks Xander first and then skips over Erica to go to Deshaun. And she has like just the quickest look of fear in her eyes. And I shared the same fear of like, oh my God, is Erica about to get erased? Like, are they not going to directly ask her any questions? Because we've seen that happen in the past where the jury will just not ask something of anyone and then after Deshaun he went back to Erica and like I breathed a sigh of relief just because like we've seen that happen before and I was confident that Erica would chime in if they Mm. were not directly speaking to her but I had a moment of like are they gonna not ask Erica about her game and I will say since you just reminded me about Danny his question about the four quarters they all then talked about three quarters and I was like so is final tribal the fourth one like I just need clarification because everyone get like he set it up to be like three stages but he said four quarters and it really bothered me but that's all yeah not math people over there I can relate what a great segue I was going to talk about Danny's question he said that I think of games like this like I think about football which has four quarters and then he clarified that there are three quarters in this game like not three quarters because that doesn't make sense but like there's three phases of this game and he called it pre-merge post-merge um final eight and so that's why they talked about three quarters I actually thought his question was the most telling as to who was going to win this season because of one, how they answered and two, how people responded to their answers. Because I think Danny's at question and then all of their responses and the subsequent follow-up questions that jury members asked, I was like, this is how I want final travel to go always. I think Danny gave them a basis on which they could really spell out their game really clearly. And then there was space to ask questions like Ricard following up with Deshaun to being like, you said your game was about relationships, but then you got to us and literally threw everyone on Luvu under the bus when you were talking to us. Like, can you explain that given you just told us what your game was? So I'm not, I'm not coming at you like, I hate you or I'm mad at you. I'm coming at you like we gave you an opportunity to tell us your game. Now we're going to try and poke holes in it because that's what our job is, right? Our job is to figure out who should get a million dollars. So we're going to poke holes. And they did the same thing with Xander and with Erica is like, I thought Xander didn't play up enough what his three phases of his game were. 
I think Erica was the one who was best able to articulate like, hey, I actually had a very clear plan. And then they asked really good follow-up questions because she basically said, my first, you know, like quarter, they're calling them quarters, but they just aren't quarters because quarters means four pieces, like no. But anyway, so they're like, first part was, hey, I'm on Luvu and we never have to go to tribal. So I'm building all these relationships with people on Luvu, but at the end of the day, we don't go to tribal. So I didn't have to test any of those. Then she was like, I flipped the game. And then I noticed opportunities from the bottom and was like, I probably unnoticed to you guys, which is why it's hard for you guys to potentially see what I'm talking about is like, I was sowing seeds of friendship, seeds of like relationship, even if we weren't going to be best friends or like spend every minute together or work together. I was sowing seeds that I could reap in the last third. She says, I knew I had set myself up with enough potential allies to sit at the final three, no matter what. And I think that is where everyone was like, oh shit. She literally was able to get every single one of us to view her as a potential ally, not as the friend, not as a like ride or die, let's go to the end together. But like, oh, Erica will work with me. I will work with Erica. And then Ricard comes in and he's like, hey, I believe you. I see what you did. I don't know if everybody else does. So can you explain it a little bit more? And she said, I wrote down so many of her quotes. She goes, I had a strong command of the social game, but that doesn't mean that I had a strong connection with everybody. And to me, I was like, bitch, you just won the game. Like, I was like, you don't even need to hear the rest of the questions. I think too, Anna, like you were saying, it could have been Erica's age. I think it's also important to remember like Erica's job, which is a communications manager. And she even said at one point, she's like, I walk into business meetings all the time where people underestimate me and think I'm this little girl that they can push around and I run the meetings and I make them my own. And so I think that's a big part of like, you can see that in watching her in Final Tribal. And I think Deshaun and Xander had a harder time with that aspect of it, where the questions were kind of running them. Erica was running the question. Erica was owning it back to them and giving an answer, but then also elaborating on that answer and giving more. More than what was just asked, where Deshaun and Xander only gave what was asked. Wait, oh, me too. Oh, well, mine was about what you said, Aggie, about, um, I don't know, it was one of Erica's comments when they basically were like, you weren't friends with everyone, though, or whatever. This was exactly asked to Dean, and Dean was basically just like, I just didn't want to talk to people I wasn't going to work with or something, remember? But Erica did say it in the perfect way. Like, I feel like that's a question that comes up because people want you to, like, people want to be like, why should I vote for you? And like, you did not talk to me or like we weren't friends and she had the perfect answer so I just that made me remember when you said that Aggie yeah I think she redefined social game for survivor in a way that I think is very important it's not about having a friendship with everyone it's about making everyone feel like a little bit seen and a little bit heard and potentially a little bit like oh that's someone who's open to working with me regardless if you actually are or not and so I think that was like very very smart of her to be able to articulate From my perspective, it was Erica's game to lose because of how strongly we'd seen her play, but that could have been the editing. I think Deshaun and Xander fell victim to their own. I don't think they prepared the way they should have to answer questions, to be perfectly honest. I think they all could have won. Deshaun had the hardest route because he'd hurt so many people on his way to get there in an attempt to keep himself safe, which is the goal, right? You have to get to have the opportunity to a million dollars. You have to keep yourself safe. And I think in doing that, he did hurt some relationships. Shan and Liana especially were pretty upset with him. And so 
I think any three of them with a performance as strong as Erica's could have won. But I think it came down to Xander and Deshaun had not anticipated correctly how the jury was feeling. And Xander, I think there's a really good example. I think it's when Ricard says to him, was our relationship real or were you literally just doing it to like get us, get you to the end? And Xander was kind of like, Xander, not kind of, Xander was like, no, our relationship 100% is real. I can't be, wait to be Uncle Xander to your kids, blah, blah, blah. And then they kind of followed up. I don't remember who says something to him, but they one of, someone says, why the hell did you keep Erica? Like, we all have seen what she's done. So like, why the hell did you keep Erica? And he has what I think is a pretty reasonable response. And the jury, I feel like just wasn't, either wasn't expecting that to be his answer or they were just like, it was very obvious that's not the case. Because he was like, I saw you guys respond to Deshaun's truth bomb and I thought you guys were kind of team Deshaun. And they were all kind of giving him this look like, no. And I was like, when you guys can't speak and he has to read body language, he has to read like reactionary facial expressions and you haven't eaten for 24 days, like- don't come at Xander that way. Don't come at Deshaun this way for them thinking certain things about what you guys were thinking, because at the end of the day, none of them have any idea and they have to go off what they're seeing at tribal the same way you have to go off what you're seeing at tribal. Regardless of the vote, what we think about people's choices, Erica wins. I'm so happy. I think we're all pretty pleased with that, especially the way that we had been discussing her game and like the kind of the hope that she might pull through at the end in our last couple episodes. So I would just like to put it out there. Um, shame on the editors for giving us such a late stage look at Erica, because I wouldn't go so far as to say that she didn't have a winner's edit, because I absolutely think that she did, especially in these last couple weeks. But it doesn't cancel out the fact that for the first handful of episodes, she was pretty non-existent. And even if she didn't have a hand in the game, like I know Luvu kept winning. She wasn't at tribal council. She wasn't, she didn't even need to vote for you know, the first six episodes or so, however many it was. But if she's your winner, which I don't know what their editing schedule is. Maybe they were editing episodes before they like had filmed the end. I don't know. But if it were me and that were my job and I were a producer and editor on this show and she was going to be the winner at the end, include more of her. Because by these last few episodes, she was showing so much personality. She had like such an acute sense of what was going on in the game. She was adorable. She was making funny remarks and she just... I, I'm like <laughs> the disrespect on Erica for not including more of that earlier in the game is really hard to ignore. But that being said, like we do get a very quick build of a winner's edit, but I don't know. It's, it's tough to look past. And I think I said this last week when we were talking about what Steven Fishback had tweeted about, like she has all the makings of a winner, but <laughs> I think he called it a scandalously tiny edit. And I think I said, like, it just opens the door for people to criticize her game, um, which I don't appreciate, especially as someone who, like, is working kind of in the industry. Like, I just, to me, there's a way around it, and we could have done it a different way very easily, and so I don't understand the choice, and maybe I don't have all the info, but I just, I don't see why we couldn't have included more of Erica and had a more steady build. Because I think Deshaun and Xander both had a really steady build of momentum. Um, and I'm going to hit you with some some stats from Survivor Fact Checker. So out of the final three, Erica had a total of 39 confessionals compared to Deshaun and Xander who tied with 56. And for them all to make it to the final episode and have that big of a gap between 
your other finalists and your winner to me is like <laughs> deplorable. Uh, maybe that's a little intense, but again, it just goes back to like, she's our first female winner in so long. And like, that's, that's a lot of space in between 56 and 39 for your three finalists when you have an entire season to fill in those gaps a couple more stats just like again to drive home the fact that this is deplorable erica as a winner ranks 34th out of 41 winners edits in terms of like percentage of confessionals and out of that eight out of 10 poc winners land in the bottom half of that like ranking of percentages of confessionals um so that's like not great guys we're not we're not doing a great job um this season in particular we had 64 percent of confessionals were from the poc players and 48 percent of the confessionals this season were from women which is something i guess but yeah just to to get to the end and have erica have been so silent for the first handful of episodes like i'm just gonna i'm gonna say shame on the editors that's my take um i'm sure you Was guys she have thought. Silent? Or was she silenced? Oh my God. <laughs> but <laughs> that like, that leads me into like the entire season up until episode eight or nine. We kept on being like, why are people afraid of Erica? Why is Shan so nervous that she has to get Erica, that she's trying to get Erica out right now? Why is Deshaun trying to get Erica out right now? Like I can go, you can go back and listen to our episodes. We are all like, Calm down. She's not doing anything. Erica is not a threat in this game. No worries about her. The episode she smashed the hourglass. We had like one confessional. She smashed the hourglass. Never heard from again the rest of the episode. That girl was not important to the story or to the editors until episode, I'm going to say eight or nine. And then all of a sudden, hardcore editing. To the point where this episode started and I was like, oh, Erica's our winner. And like at the end of last week's episode, we all were like, Erica's gonna win. Bitch is getting the strongest winners at it right now. And they had to make up so much time because they didn't edit her into this show until episode eight. I think Erica was one of the people that me and Aggie couldn't even name until episode three or four. And like, yes, it's because Luvu was winning every challenge. And so we never saw them go to tribal. So they weren't super important, but she's your winner. And I agree with you, Anna. It gives room for people to poke holes in Erica's game, which is unfair. Erica shouldn't be treated like that because she is a strong winner. But it the way that they edited her and the way that they just didn't put her in this show is going to let those people poke holes in it. And it's rude and it's unfair. It. I mean, yes. I. You two, I don't think, knew who Erica was for a while, right? Which you would never expect that for a winner. I feel like Danny is, is that even her name? Yes, Danny. Like, she's the only other winner I can think of where you're like, I don't know anything about her besides that Kansas City shirt she wears. But like, even watching the finale, I texted um, Anna and I was like, has she, I mean, I guess she's always had purple hair because she couldn't dye it on the island. But like, you think you would remember someone who had purple hair. And that's like how invisible she was that this episode, I was like, oh, she did have purple hair, didn't she? So yeah, it's, I mean, it's just insulting to her. I do, I have kind of mixed feelings because like, it was kind of fun though, to me to like be so un, like not expecting it at all till the end. Like it was kind of exciting because I definitely thought Ricard and Shan, you know, are going to be in the final. Like these people are very relevant. So like, it was kind of cool to 
look back and be like, there were just these few moments. Like, yes, she did the smashing of the hourglass and like, she's done a few things, but I, I mean, I do agree. Like, it's just not right to not give her like a chance because yeah, I mean, now we have Xander having like a petition. People are signing a like change.org petition or like raising donations or something that like he was robbed. And I'm like, no, I think we just saw him more. And, you know, like he's not the most unattractive person ever. So I think, and he's the white man that was in the final. So I think you all are just <laughs> sad that he didn't win for those reasons. But yeah, they, if they had shown more of Erica, maybe people wouldn't have any reason to start a petition. I agree with everything that's been said about Erica's edit. Do I think she should have gotten more airtime? Absolutely. I hadn't thought about it, Nick, but your point about Deshaun, Shan, like three people, four people kind of being like, we maybe need to get rid of Erica with no context made it seem like they were all just like kind of going crazy. Like, why do you want to get rid of Erica? But clearly she was doing something that was making her seem threatening from a game standpoint. We just weren't shown it, which like seems like a waste. I'm going to push back a little bit because I do think the, some of those stats that you shared, Anna, about, was it like 64% of confessionals were people of color, 48% were women. I personally think that represents a very good shift in editing. And I think I, I think that's kind of what you were saying, but then we shifted to also be like, but you also chose not to make Erica a major percentage of those, which I think is a bigger issue. But one thing that I really like about this season and probably a reason it would rank high for me is I didn't get to know Erica until later, but I got to know everybody else. Like I saw so many stories this season and I think that was really compelling. It made Survivor compelling again. Like you saw... Like we saw a lot of JD and JD went home pre-merge. We saw a lot of Shan. We saw a lot of Ricard. We even got Jeannie's backstory. Like we got a lot of backstory and we did see stuff about every single player. Should they have probably featured Erica more in the beginning? Yes. But I think they made a conscious choice to save her until she does her like big, like move of switching time or whatever, because that's a more compelling moment to start sharing her story. But then it's like retroactively, guys, you probably should have shared her more than that before then to really give her the arc across the entire season. But the number of stories that were shared this season and gave space to people who would never have gotten an edit at all, I think we're in the right direction. But if your winner is a woman and a person of color, maybe be cognizant of that while also sharing everyone else's is to like round out the whole thing, I think would be my takeaway there they did Erica dirty but did they do the cast dirty I don't think so I would agree with that I think that's very well said and the last thing I'll say on it is I went back and listened to one of our earlier episodes because I think I was the first one who picked Erica as a castaway of the week and that I think was in week nine so I was like let me just go back and see what I said because it did kind of come out of nowhere and to sort of speak to what everyone here has been saying like I'm not saying I wish they had presented like a clear picture of Erica as a winner from the beginning, because I agree with you, Stacey. Like I liked the surprise of it. And when I had picked her as my castaway of the week in episode nine, I straight up said, I would never say that Erica's going to win this game, but like, I'm happy with what we saw this episode, blah, blah, blah. And like, I think that's really fun to have changed from being like, there's no way she's the winner to her being the winner. But yeah, I wish they had given us at least a peek more at what she was capable of from the beginning instead of being like, 
who is this? She came out of nowhere. So there's, there's a happy medium in there somewhere, but I definitely agree with you, Aggie. I, I feel like we got to know everyone at some point. And so I, I'm happy that we did get to hold space for those other stories, even if it meant like we didn't get to know Erica until a little bit later. I just think we could have done both. Maybe, maybe hire me next time, Survivor. So that is what I have to say on that. So Erica's our winner, you guys. Before we move into some of the... I guess like additional content, we're going to talk a little bit about the after show, maybe some Ponderosa, fans have spoken, and then our normal segments, which I'm sure will include talking more about Erica, but last chance, any final words on Erica as a winner? I'm going to manifest Erica on the pod in 2022. Moving on, immediately, and I do mean immediately after the winner is revealed, we get this after show, which is something that we've never done. Jeff looks at the camera and he's like, bring it in, guys. They start shifting stuff around, productions moving through, moving lights, bringing out pizza, bringing drinks. And it's something that they've never done before, but that Jeff is like, I've always wanted to do it. And it's essentially the reunion show, but right there live after the vote is revealed. And I have mixed feelings on it because on the one hand, I love what we got from it in terms of like being immediate and raw and really getting a sense of like what people are feeling in the moment. But I also think that we lose a lot of the value that we got from a reunion show where people had that added perspective from being a little bit more distanced from the game that they played, having watched it back on TV and being able to reflect and be like a little bit more thoughtful about the questions that they were being asked. There's definitely pros and cons to both. I wish we got both. Like I wish we still had a reunion show where they could discuss like the way that the season played out having seen it. But yeah, I think there's there's still merit and entertainment in having them discuss like right after with pizza so this was a fun new thing that we had if if anyone wants to share your thoughts with me I'd be eager to hear what you guys thought about it yeah I liked it I mean I just feel like at least a cup well maybe just um Wendell when we talked to Wendell but I think he said like yeah I mean right after this is what usually happens like right after final tribal so it was cool to see it I also just happened to have pizza and champagne already in, in hand when this happened. Like I didn't know that they were going to have champagne, but um, I just like champagne guys. Like that's just like, instead of wine, I would rather have champagne, but um, I, yeah, I liked it, but I agree. Like I just felt bad for like Deshaun and Xander just having to like, not even have a second to like process it at all like even Erica was like kind of in shock a bit and just kind of like whoa we had no time to just (laughs) decompress because at least you know for like um and I know we're gonna talk about Ponderosa but like for Ricard he had some time to like you know do the medical check like get his food go talk to the jury like shower and have a night in a regular bed before having to discuss these things so it did feel you know like a lot at once but it was interesting to see it and I mean I know they were trying to be creative because of COVID so again I feel like I was so hard on this season at the beginning and now I'm starting to be like look they were doing the best they could and at the end of the day I would still rewatch this episode this season like it wasn't like a like they've adapted better than a lot of other shows so that's a whole side tangent but yeah I thought it was interesting I wouldn't want to see it every single time probably but better than nothing I guess I had two major takeaways. One, imagine being Erica all season long when people are like not putting respect on your name and she's like, I already know I won. Like, I already know I won. Come at me all the fuck you want. I have a million dollars. Like, 
to me, that was really overwhelming. The thought that like Deshaun, Xander, and Erica had to literally be like, we know who the winner is the whole time. Like, cause didn't Wendell and Bryce say they met some of them before the like premiere party? Like they met Xander and shit. Like Xander knew he had lost. So I'm like, that would have been kind of hard to keep. That's more just like, I'm just thinking out loud now. I mean, I think like, yes, incredibly difficult, but like these NDAs are airtight. I remember when I was in college and a girl who had been on Great British Bake Off was at our college and in her NDA, it was like, you cannot drink alcohol because it will run the risk that like you will get drunk and reveal who the winner is. So I imagine there's like a lot of stuff in place about what they could and could not discuss, but that doesn't, that doesn't make it any less difficult to be like, I know how it ends and I can't share that with anyone, which also means I can't try to process it. Yeah. Like it's, that was very overwhelming. I mean, it's hard when they read the votes at the reunion, it's been six months, they've seen the whole season air and now they're figuring out who won, but it's also just like, it's very raw in that moment. Cause you haven't had six months of your family, like hyping you up and like telling you they love you. And like, it's all going to be okay. Regardless if, if you win or lose, like you haven't showered, <laughs> Jeff is handing you champagne. You're eating pizza. You haven't showered. You haven't slept. You don't know how much weight you've lost. You haven't had a chance to breathe. And literally it's like, please reflect on how you feel about losing. And Deshaun and Xander, to their credit, did a pretty good job of being reflective and reflexive in that moment of just like, I'm happy for Erica. I totally get it. Like, I'm proud that she was able to be our winner. And I think Xander even says like, I stand by the game I played. And I think that's, it's the way you react, right? Like you do stand by the game you played. You're not upset. You're not, not proud of what you've done. It was just, it was a lot, but I, I didn't, I didn't hate it as a concept. Wonderful. See it again. I'm willing to bet we will because it's still COVID. Wait, just, you just saying that reminded me though. Yeah. Like yeah. Jeff was like, okay, see y'all later. We're staying here. And it, I didn't, it didn't click till then. Like Jeff and the crew did not leave before 42. Like they had to stay for like quarantine. It's like, wow. And I know it's like a less amount of days. So it probably doesn't make a huge difference, but just like, you're just staying there. <laughs> Back-to-back World War champs, say. <laughs> I don't say that, but I feel like frat boys say that on t-shirts. Anyway, in addition to this after show, um, we also have additional content that we've been having the whole time of Ponderosa on Instagram TV, IGTV, I think that's where it is. It's on Instagram. Stacy and I have been watching the whole time and have been trying to talk about it in each episode. Aggie and Nick, you guys said that you would catch up and that we could hold space for it. Did we? Did we not? It's okay if not. We've okay. had a long week. No. That's fair. I mean, so, all, all to be also, clear, I was going to watch them yesterday and then we flew to a wedding. So it's like a it's whole fine. I'm not happy, happy, happy wedding. No. But, um, I, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on them, to be perfectly honest. You guys take space. I would like to hear it. I mean, my thoughts are the same as they have been each week, which is like, it's such great content and you really get to know the players. I imagine how they know each other. And it's just a more revealing look to me at like their actual personalities, which I know like they're probably not fully revealing within the game, like to each other even, but like, they're just, everybody's so much more likable in this Ponderosa content. And I wish we had more of like the playfulness and the personalities and the conversations between the players on the actual show, instead of like, Jeff talking to the audience needing to over explain the twists because they're so complicated like that was my main takeaway of the Ponderosa content did you see uh Ricard's because I don't think it's on okay because it's on YouTube but like I think they're all also on CBS's YouTube but that one like wasn't on Instagram I don't think but um it it's kind of juicy because apparently Shan like 
just isn't talking to him at Pander Ponderosa. Like she's mad. And they, it's weird because when he first gets off the boat, she does hug him. Like they all kind of, you know, circle around to hug. Um, but then like the next morning he was saying like, I was the first one up. So I just went to sit down and then Shan got up and like walked right by me. Didn't say anything. And he's like, I hope we can repair our friendship, which like on Instagram, they're friends now. So I'm sure they talked, but I was just like, whoa, I was just shocked that she was like mad at him. Like I, I want like more Ponderosa content. Cause I'm just like, how did they repair it? And then that's what Heather on hers She's like, honestly, I'm so excited I get to do a Ponderosa because I'm a huge fan and like I like Ponderosa more than the show sometimes. And I think this should be a separate show. And I was like, you're right, Heather. This should be like an after show <laughs> that they continue. Um, so yeah, definitely watch them though. They're good. The whole, you know, the whole series of them, these have been some of my favorite. They're super fun. Definitely Nick and Aggie watch them. I gotta catch up on the ones from the finale for Ricard and Heather. But yeah, they're just fun. Okay. So we're gonna get into our usual segments wrap it up for the last time and in season 41 we're gonna kick it off with fans have spoken if you don't know hit us up with questions on instagram we try to put question boxes in our stories but you can always dm us send us an email at escaping reality podcast at gmail.com i don't think anybody's checked the email so maybe don't do that but you can always hit us up on instagram we are no i did check yesterday there's nothing there so no great but if you feel so inclined if you have like a lot to say you know write us an email but um we had a couple just uh, thoughts from you guys and then one question so Ashley DeVore 95 says I thought having the finale at final five was too rushed too much to get through still not sure how I feel about this season some twists were great some not so much I have to agree it's something we've said before about like the pace of the finale when you start with that many people is just it's it's a lot it's a lot to get through and try to process um, when there's already so much going on with final tribal and I agree with you on the twists uh, more to come on that in rapid fire about the twists um at survivor idols cbs which is a great handle says proud of erica but i definitely thought xander should have won and then our pal ian at yasser ice queen says it was one of the best finales in a long time erica should have won unanimously so as we've talked about people have a lot of mixed feelings um i'll go on record and say i think we can be happy with who the winner is and say that other players may have been deserving without putting down the other people that were in final tribal, unless they were truly atrocious goats, in which case we can put them down. Ian had another question, which we didn't really talk about when we talked about final tribal. And he asks, what are your thoughts on the lack of opening and closing statements from the final three, as I found it rather strange. And I actually hadn't thought about this until I read this question, which I think speaks to potentially why they weren't needed. Because now that you pointed out, like I definitely missed having at at the very least a closing remark, but I do think that the jury's questions were comprehensive enough that everyone was able to say exactly what they would have said in an opening and closing statement within the final three, Um, excuse me, within final tribal. So I don't know if anyone felt strongly, but I hadn't really thought about it, but I definitely missed like a closing final word from each person. I hadn't thought about it. I do miss the opening and closing, honestly. I like them to just have a chance to make their points like known, even if they don't get asked that. I think it potentially could have helped Xander. I think Erica had already done that with her answers to questions anyway. I think hers would have been like a nail in the coffin, like, yeah, Erica gets it. I do think it could have potentially helped Xander because I think there were moments where he potentially didn't, floundering is not the right word for neither him or Deshaun, but there were moments where Deshaun and Xander both like answered, were given a follow-up question and then were like, ooh, I've maybe caught myself in something or ooh, like I 
hadn't thought about it from your perspective. So now I need to like kind of change my answer. Not that it is change, like changing my thoughts, but more like, let me clarify what I meant. And I think a closing statement at the very bare minimum could have helped them. I think Danny's question gave them an opening statement to be perfectly honest. But I think a closing statement might've helped Deshaun and Xander kind of wrap up, hey, this is how I played. This is what I did. Reminder, these are things that I've done. But I think Erica had already given her own closing statement every time she spoke, so. So each week of the season, we have been doing our castaway of the week. I thought because it's the final episode, why don't we each give our sort of MVP castaway of season 41 if we had to pick one person to be an honorable mention, as it were, for us for the whole season. And perhaps a few brief words on why. Stacey, if you'd like to kick it off. I think I'm gonna go with Ricard. I definitely, I mean, I think Erica deserved to win. Like I'm not, there's nothing against that, but I just feel like it, to me, it was one of the best displays of like a well-rounded player. He was social. He had a great number two, like until he cut them loose. Like it was his choice. He, I think he even, he might've said it in Ponderosa. He like basically was the mastermind behind like the first, like eight votes he was a part of or something like that. Like a lot, that might not be the right number. He won physical challenges. He won mental challenges. Like, I just feel like he played so well. He also spoke up very early on when he didn't want the term guys used anymore. Like, I just think he added a lot to the show and I really want him to be on a second season. There are many though. Like I want this year on the second season. I want Evie. There's a lot, but I just think my, the person who stands out the most, which like, you know, I was probably, I probably would have gone for a black player, you know, cause I was so happy to see so many, but I got to go with Ricard. That's my person. Very nice. Aggie, I believe I have you up next. I mean, I think it's Erica, baby, mainly just because she did have so much to do with this gameplay. And I think my MVP award for her happens because of final tribal. I think she was just so good. And I loved this final tribal, not in small part because of her. I think she just handled herself in a way that was so impressive, showed her real handle of both the game and how it should be played and how she can win. It was just, it was masterful. And so I think that to me, I love a good final tribal. I think I've said that on multiple episodes of this podcast and I love a good final tribal. I love when someone like actually is able to articulate and then is recognized for it. And I think it has to go to Erica, even though like she won. So like, is that really an honorable mention or MVP? Maybe not, but like she's MVP of the final episode and then she won. So glad those two lined up where in the past it has not. Nicholas, I'm willing to, I know who yours is, but go off. It's Ricard. It's Ricard for obvious reasons. Like, I mean, one, I've loved him since episode one. He's, he's always been my pick except for three weeks, but he's always been there. I like can just add on to what Stacy had to say. You know, he not only was an incredible social player, he was an incredible physical player. He was probably the most well-rounded player on this season. I think that he is incredible. I would love to see him on another season come back. I don't know if he'd ever be able to win. I think also, unlike with Erica, who I do love and I'm very happy we have her as a winner, but we got to see Ricard from the beginning of the season until the end. I got to see his entire journey where Erica, we only got to see piece of her, a piece of her journey. So I think overall MVP has to go to Ricard. And I think my pick, if we're thinking about season as a whole, I'm actually gonna say Shan. 
reason being like regardless of what your thoughts on the way that she played the game were um, whether she was too paranoid or too vocal whatever you cannot deny the impact that she had on the season as a whole from the very first episode even through being a jury member like she was such a huge presence and she was so expressive even when she couldn't speak on the jury that I just I don't want the way that her gameplay was interpreted to diminish what a great character she was on this season and what a huge part of the story she was and I just like I want to remember those first few episodes when it was like Shan's on an upward hill that like unfortunately it didn't work out for her for playing the game of Survivor but I think when I think back to season 41 in the future I will remember Shan the impact that she had on the rest of the game and the other players and the storylines and so I'm gonna pick Shan as my MVP for season 41. I was going to say also Liana and her speech with the mm-hmm. week she goes home should qualify yeah. her for that status. I just wish we'd seen more of her um, yeah. just throughout the season in general, but I think Liana qualifies in that. Mine's Erica slash Liana. Love it. There's so much stuff from the early part of the game that I'm like, oh, I forgot about that because of X, Y, and Z that ended up happening. And I think Shan is someone that I want to remember from the good old days. Can I quickly say, looking into season 42, I'm still rooting for everyone Black, and I want it to be known. (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. We got close (laughs) this time, so next time is our chance. We'll have a chance very soon. I think it comes out in March. Um, Also an MVP, or I guess maybe not, um, maybe the V stands for most vibe checks player, um, and that's Jeff. (laughs) The MVC, most vibe checks, Aggie, vibe checker man from this finale. You can t- I always feel like I want you to start because of the multiple times that we've gotten to you and you're like, all of mine were stolen. Guys, when I tell you, I wrote down so many things that Jeff Probst said that were just vibe check worthy. I have to say two. One is Erica asking at the final immunity challenge, Jeff, are you going to miss us when we're gone? And he goes, yes, <laughs> like a full ass sigh. I was like, Jeff, we know you will miss them, but also like you're filming 42 immediately after this. And that being said, when he brings back, drop the four, keep the one to explain why they're reading the votes in the jungle. I was like, please stop. Please stop. First off, we vibe checked every time someone said that anyway. But the fact that you felt the need to like circle all the way back to that in the final minutes of the final episode to be like, remember when we did this to Richard Hatch? We're going to do it now. It's like, shut so those are my two. I have more though. God, there were so many. There were we have so 10 many. Minutes. <laughs> I know I would love for you to continue, but Nick, it's your turn. <laughs> we're going to keep it um, moving. It's at the after show where Jeff keeps on asking, who needs more pizza? Who needs more champagne? And then he goes, you know what? I need more. I need pizza. I need champagne. Bring me some. Where's mine, guys? And he just like so wants to be a part of the castaways. And it's like, you aren't. Like you're, you're, you're separate. Also, you could have had pizza and wine every night. Like, <laughs> this isn't special to you. <laughs> Stacey, what about you? Will you go before me, Anna? <laughs> That's actually perfect because mine is the same as Nick's. It's the absolute about face that Jeff does after he reads the votes into dad mode of being like, do you need pizza? Do you, do you need another drink? Like, does anybody need anything? Anything you need, we can get it for you. Even like as they're answering questions, he keeps being like, does anybody need more pizza? And to me, it just signals how good at his job he is because it was so different from the way that he acts when he's posting but also so the same because like he can't not be Jeff you know but it was just it was a complete 180 into dad mode 
Okay. I so I forgot that Aunt White97 has had sent us like a DM as a fans have spoken, and it was a vibe check. So it and I this is basically mine too, but it was when at the very beginning when Jeff is like, and we're gonna have a heat one last final twist. And the twist was what that they're vote they're voting or they're gonna reveal the votes at tribal. I think that was it. That's not really a twist, like that's not anything special, or like he just hyped it up a lot. But I also wanted, I wanted to go last because I wanted to give a public apology to Jeff Probst. <laughs> I feel like I was too offended by him this season. And I texted this, I think, to Nick and Anna, Aggie, you weren't done yet. But I think I realized like what was off this season. I just, we didn't have that healthy, like fear of him. Like he wasn't like a little bit intimidating, you know, where you just kind of feel like he's, you don't want to like upset him. You want to like stay on his good side. He was too unpolished. My, that's not the word. He was just too like raw maybe. But then I was thinking about it and you know what? We've all been a little unpolished in a pandemic. Okay. It's been a rough time. Even in my counseling sessions, like clients could now see my living room, you know, like we've taken down a lot of these walls and Jeff deserves that that space as well. So Jeff, I'm sorry. We'll still vibe check you for future seasons, of course. But like, I feel like I was just really, really upset at first about it. And I now I had to walk it back, you know, reflect on it. So that's my that's my apology. <laughs> if you ever listen. That was beautiful. And I think, thank you. Thank you for that. I love it. Okay. We're going to get into rapid fire. You guys, for the last time in season 41, let's make them truly rapid. Like answer, no explanation. I think we can do it. We have to, cause I have to go. Okay. First up, what was your favorite and least favorite twist advantage or change this season? For me, my favorite, I think was the do or die oddly enough. And my least favorite after some thought, I think is the process of activating the idols with the weird phrases and the losing your vote and not being able to use it until they're all activated. Nick, do you want to go first? Sure. Least favorite, the dice that never got used. I hate an advantage that's introduced and then never used or shown. And my favorite was smashing of the hourglass. One, it gave us something that Erica did, but two, it was introduced and it was used and it really did change the course of the entire game. Nice. Aggie? I think my least favorite was shot in the dark because no one used it. It would have been exciting, but it wasn't. And um, I think my favorite, I'm so sorry, this is not rapid because I don't have one. That I'm so sorry, I don't have one. I <laughs> made it all of them, I get it. And we're done. My favorite was that they read the votes of Final Tribal and the after show. Is that a twist? Can that count? Yeah, that counts. That's that's there we go. Okay, my least favorite was smashing the hourglass. I still don't think you should have that much say in the season. And my favorite was do or die. Nice. Next question. Oh, wait, sorry. I liked do or die. There we go. There it is. I like that one. Next question. And this question comes from Ian, our pal on Instagram. And this is a great question I thought actually. And he wants to know, um, who do you think is the best dressed juror? Uh, let's go reverse order. Stacy, Aggie, Nick, and then I'll go. Oh, uh, uh, Evie. I feel like Evie had good style. I'm going to Evie. Aggie. Danny looked great. 10 out of 10. Ricard. Daddy Ricard. His hair was slicked back. He looked good. He was showing off a little chest. Like, ooh, Sam. I'm going to say Tiffany. Tiffany really surprised me in her post-game everything, but especially she looks great on the jury. Speaking of people who look great, who's your zaddy of the season? It's got to be Danny. I feel like Aggie's going to agree with me. So do you want to go next and just tell everyone how it's Danny? Obviously it's Danny. Obviously. Yeah. Nick, I know your answer. So Stacey, you go next. 
<laughs> um, uh, I'm between Danny and Ricard, honestly. Um, it, of course it's Ricard, but also like honorable, honorable mention, Xander. I, like, I, I Xander. Zan, I, we all know I love me a long-haired man. Oh, I gotta go. Uh, truly, I gotta go. Okay, last question. Keep it brief. What is something that you want to see in season 42? One thing. It's 42, right? Yeah, season 42. What's something you want to see? I'm gonna kick us off. Go Rogue. Um, This is gonna sound terrible. I want to see some kind of dramatic pulled from the game, like Medivac, Family Emergency. I know that sounds really shitty to whoever that might happen to, but like I need oh, some that. drama that's not part of strategy. Stacey, what do you want to see? I want to see a Black woman winner. That's all. <laughs> so much better than my answer <laughs> uh nick i want to see better whole rounded editing for everybody on the season um i would like to see maybe less twists because i think that's what this final episode showed us is when people are good at the game it's fun to watch i agree with all of that this has been so fun i just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who has listened along with us who has chatted to us on instagram the amazing survivor players that we've gotten to talk to over this season and got to meet. And that's been truly incredible. And I'm so looking forward to continuing in the next season and stick around, stay tuned for what we're going to do as a pod in between. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Thank you for escaping reality with us. And we can't wait to kick it off with something new very soon. 